You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, Packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, Pack underscore daddy. So the Packers win. Yeah, what's up? It doesn't really matter. But, I mean, it's kind of nice, especially since we're getting smacked around real hard for two straight practices and then come out and win. Um, did not expect that. But ultimately, it didn't. I, I didn't really care. In fact, there were times that the Texans converted first downs, and I was almost a little excited because I wanted to see more from <laughs> from some of the defense. But the plan as it stands right now for today, uh, as well as tomorrow, I suppose, is going to be, I want to, there's a ton of comments, and I want to try to get through some of those, and then uh, do a break, and then, uh, I guess, fill in the gaps, anything else that was going on, if there's anything, there might not even be anything else, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. But then tomorrow, um, Pro Football Focus should have their, you know, every player, every snap analysis so I'm always very cautious when I do my, you know, not being too dogmatic. Because there have been several times I'm like, you guys are dumb. You're way off. He was so good. And then PFF comes up and they're like, no, he was bad. It's like, dang it. Fine, whatever. Now i got to try to walk it back. So I'm going to tread lightly, although I definitely have some fairly strong opinions. That I mean, the thing is, I don't have too many super strong opinions other than it was good enough, right? I mean, it was strong opinion insofar as he looked good with the context of this is the first preseason game, and in some cases, first preseason game for a guy who's never even been in the NFL before. So first NFL game ever. So let's calm down a bit. General note, before we get into it, I was happy. Not as much with the offense. Maybe not very much at all with special teams. I mean, certain players stepped up, but the operations were trash. Well, never. I, I'm not going to elaborate more just because, you know, let's save that. I like the energy and the defense. All right. I had to say it, man. Couldn't hold it back. But anyways, let's take a break. But before we do, let me hit you with some of that sweet, sweet knowledge about the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever. Obviously. You know that whole being a millionaire and all that kind of stuff? Million dollar top prize, $3.5 million in total prizes. <laughs> you know. But if you don't, this is a very simple season long best ball, set it and forget it, NFL fantasy football thing. Got it? No? All right, let me try again. You jump into a live snake draft, you draft the best players. Draft is going to go in there. Kind of a confusing name, that's the name of the, the company. You do your draft, and then the company draft is going to set the best players in your lineup for you. So that one day when you're out with your family and your spouse promises you you'll be back in time to do your fantasy football thing, even though they obviously don't care and are kind of upset that you do this, spend so much time watching football, but they promise you'll be back in time, and you're clearly not going to be back in time because you're still a half hour out and you need to set your draft and you're not going to, and you don't have a quarterback in your starting lineup and you're very upset about it, but you don't want to really talk about it too much. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You don't have to worry about it, because it's going to set it for you. But for a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your deposit. Just make sure that you use the promo code PACKERNET. So put in a deposit, you get a free shot at a million bucks. So put in the promo code PACKERNET. If you want to find it, 
Search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com. And again, use the promo code Packernet. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I'm just going to go back uh, as far in time in the Facebook group as I possibly can. By the way, if you're not in the Facebook group, make sure you get in there. It's growing pretty steadily, and I'm very happy about it. It's just, it's just a fantastic group. Link is in the description, but I'm just going to go back as far as I can, work my way through time, and I'm going to start with a very, very quality thing that we should all be thinking more about uh, if we want to be better human beings. These are the kinds of things that we should be thinking about. Todd says, if you mix the letters in Rashan S. Gary up, <laughs> is his middle name S, or did you just make that up because you need that letter? <laughs> Anyways... If you mix the letters in Rashan S. Gary up, you get harass plus angry. Good luck, Packers opponents. Oh, I hope his name isn't, his middle name isn't S. I can't find an answer to that at this point, and I'm, I've been going down so many rabbit holes, I need to just cool it. So we're just going to assume it is, and it's still awesome, but I really hope it's not. Again, I'd message him on Twitter and ask him, but he might block me for asking him. I'm not sure. Mark says, regarding backup quarterback, I'm not sh- sure. Kaiser is up to it. I wonder if we pick up either Bethard or Mullins, whichever 49ers drop, since they'll know a related system. It's a good thought. It's actually a really good thought in terms of, you know, 49ers for sure. I don't know if the Rams or, you know, any of these kinds of guys are are planning to be cut. But it's pretty clear that the system is taking some time. Um, And I think that's something we should keep in the back of our mind as we come into week one. I've been talking about that in terms of if you look at the Titans, they didn't really look bad, and there were certain things that looked great, but there was a lot of miscommunication, a lot of problems. And even if you look at, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but I think Dexter Williams is a really good example. He looked good, but he looked good in terms of just raw ability. And by raw ability, I more or less just means speed. And really, you could say the same thing about Trey Carson. I thought he looked pretty fast as well. Nothing about it was technically great, and this, this goes for the offensive line as well. It kind of was just more or less sloppy. But if there was a big hole, he flew through it. So it's kind of one of those things where the Packers, if they're winning right now in Matt LaFleur's scheme, it's just with, with raw talent or just the, the play itself just kind of worked. But as far as the, the whole thing kind of coming together and working like a beautiful orchestra, it's just not happening. I'm hoping it happens sooner than later. I hope it happens at the beginning half of this season, or to be completely honest, I hope it happens sometime this season, and we're not at this time next year saying, man, year two, it's going to be better, they're starting to understand it, but whatever. To Mark's point, having somebody that's been in the system for some time could be very, especially a quarterback too, because they can help, as weird as it sounds, they can help Rodgers, they can help some of the wide receivers, they can help, you know, if we do keep 
whether it's I guess it doesn't matter if we, if we keep Kaiser and bring in a, a Mullins he can kind of help Kaiser but it doesn't matter but it would be a big help and also they're they're not going to be worse and I know Kaiser supposedly had a good day but I, eh. Billy says no watch party from our trusted podcaster Ryan no I just I don't really like doing them trying to find that line between the Packers being my job and the Packers being um you know a passion if this ever becomes a thing where I can actually quit my real job, which probably is never going to happen, then I'll probably have to start doing stuff like that because it's just a job whether you like it or not. But at this point, I don't have to care. I don't have to care about the podcast. I don't have to care about you people. I don't have to care about nothing. So, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of trying to get even better with that than last year. Last year I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and I just agreed to do something again that I shouldn't have. Probably just not going to be active at all on there. But kind of trying to stay off Twitter and, you know, not trying to live tweet and be like instant this or that. Just just sit down and watch the football game. So probably going to be doing a lot more of that. Uh, PG in the Facebook group says, Bold prediction, the Packers defense gets at least three interceptions tonight. That happened in about four minutes. It was ridiculous. And I actually kind of felt bad because I didn't even approve this post until after there was at least two. There might have even already been three at this point. I think the Packers had four total, but the first three came like instantaneously. So solid bold bold predictions almost never happen so pg's off to a solid start here it's also good because this isn't a point of emphasis right take the ball away and you look at kadar holman and that i mean it was a good grab but it also comes down to as much as you want to just say well he just was in the right place at the right time there's kind of something to that you know the the best players out there and i'm not saying kadar is going to be an elite player i'm just saying the best players find a way to be in the right place at the right time i don't know how that makes sense it kind of doesn't in my brain but it seems to be a thing and i'm going to roll with it you also look at the opportunistic defense i think it was uh well, i don't know sullivan or holman or whoever i'm getting confused now but somebody goes in and rips the ball away after i think raven green kind of popped it out or something it it just is that kind of stuff like, during a tackle, you got one guy popping it out, another guy who's hunting for the ball, and oops, there it is, just flying in my face. Let me grab that real quick. That's what happens when you emphasize stuff. That's awesome. Let's keep it up, please. Thank you very much. Dustin says, seeing a lot of positives out of our late-round rookies, Williams, Summers, and Holman. Definitely Holman. Uh, there was a lot of, some negative, and I think coming up about uh, Ty Summers. I thought he looked good. I mean, pretty much everybody that looked quote-unquote good also looked kind of unpolished, right? Preseason, first game, right? He, he missed a ton of tackles. It was frustrating. The whole defense missed a ton of tackles. I'm sure he could have done better, but he definitely was flying around everywhere. Uh, Dexter, I already commented on. Holman, I, I only saw positive, but there's so many plays I don't see for all these guys. So it's, a, it's also possible that the disagreement between me and other people is just comes down to when he did bad stuff, I just didn't happen to see it. There's some other people that maybe I just fixated on the bad stuff and didn't really know, you know, whatever. Again, we'll have more context tomorrow, hopefully, when PFF comes out with not just the grades, but some more advanced stats and, and things like that. Ron says there isn't much risk of grabbing more off our practice squad after this performance. I it's It was to the point last night where I legitimately just felt bad for him, like very sad for him. Because he's been, you know, you see all the videos, right, on Twitter and stuff of him working so hard and doing the footwork drills and all this stuff. And when it comes time to, to, to play, he just he just botched it, man. He's up in his head too much. Even when he had that touchdown, it was just, you could see he was upset, right? That wasn't a celebration. He spiked the ball and he, he basically stormed off in anger and was, like, inconsolable. Maybe I got that wrong, but I don't think so because he just knows. 
He knows that he put in all this work and it was for nothing. He just can't get it together. Even on the touchdown reception, as many people pointed out, he was bobbling it. And he caught it with his body. His lower body is phenomenal. His upper body is just a mess, and that includes the the above-the-neck region. Fantastic footwork, great route runner. I would love for him to be able to get it together, but the competition at wide receiver is so insane. And, and, And to be honest, I don't think practice squad is really even an option for him. I just think it's to the point where this just isn't working. And that is not a fun thing to realize. And I don't know why I'm so hard on some people and feel bad for him, but I just, I don't know. I like him and I'm upset that it's just not working for him. And I hope he gets a shot somewhere else. But it's just, it's one of those things that I don't think this gets turned around. There's certain things that, certain mental things some people just can't get over. And I think drops are are one of them. I don't know. But I don't think he's going to be on the team. I don't think he's going to be on the practice squad. I think he just gets straight up cut. And the question is, is anybody out there going to want to pick him up? And I, I, I don't know that the answer is yes. Jacob says, I'm really not seeing Gary do anything but overrun and lose contain. This is going to be the biggest point of contention. I was really excited watching Rashawn Gary the whole game. Some people were fixated on stats. I thought that was silly. Um, As far as this, I I don't know about overrun. I mean, when when the quarterback steps up in the pocket, I don't see that as overrunning. I see that, quite frankly, as him doing his job. The defensive line at that point failed. He shouldn't have a pocket to step up into. And, and to be honest, I really did not like the defensive line at all, not including the outside linebackers. And really, I'm just talking about Rashawn Gary. He was the one guy that I did like out of the group. But he looked really fast every time. I mean, and just It's the speed, but also the power. I don't know how many times. And, and one of the things that I do when I'm, I guess we'll call it scouting, although I'm not a scout, but you know what I mean, watching film on edge rushers in college, watch the tackle. I know he didn't get to the quarterback. So what? When I see him like just fly and the, the tackle can't keep up, or when I see Gary go into a guy's chest and the tackle is straight up, head back, on his heels, I don't care that he didn't get a sack on that play, especially when the ball's out in two seconds. He absolutely just dominated. And, and the thing that I love about Rashawn Gary, he's never being controlled. If he wants to go through you, he's going to go through you. If he wants to go past you, he'll go past you. And if he wants to move to the inside of you, he'll come to the inside of you. Now, he didn't finish, but again, almost every single pass is coming out in two seconds. A lot of these times he steps up. I saw somebody else on Twitter say something to the effect of, I feel like if this was a non-Joe Webb quarterback, he would have three sacks by now. And again, unpolished, fine. But I I just, even some of the, I saw one clip of him, it's like, you know, it was nitpicking, and clearly it was was designed for him to crash down on the inside or on the offensive line so somebody could stunt around him, and everyone's upset that he just smashed inside and got hung up on, on two offensive linemen and he just stood there. It's like, dude, you're just trying to find ways to not like him. He's clearly occupying two offensive linemen and doing a good job of it so that somebody can move around him. I, I didn't really see anything I didn't like. Maybe being able to get off the tackle a little quicker, you know, if, if that first bull rush isn't working. And, and usually it's not, you know, you can knock him back several yards, but you got to do something to disengage to get to the quarterback quickly. So, you know, again, he needs to be refined. There's things that need to be worked on. There was nobody that impressed me more in terms of raw athleticism and just getting me excited about, man, this guy's potential is fantastic. There's no question in my mind he's capable of getting sacks. And, and people talking about him getting dominated by second-string offensive linemen is just silly to me. He, I didn't see him get dominated once. I didn't see him lose once. It probably happened at some point, but every time I watched him, he looked fine. 
and I could not care any less about I mean, it, yeah, he had zero sacks. Okay, so what? Everybody had zero sacks for the most part. There's One guy had a sack because he came free. Whoop-de-doo. Am I supposed to be more impressed with the guy who comes free and sacks a quarterback than Rashawn Gary who was being blocked and didn't? No. He didn't have any tackles. Okay, how many missed tackles did he have? I didn't see him miss anybody. As a matter of fact, every single time they stunted Gary to the inside, there was a big play to that side. Anytime somebody other than Rashawn Gary was tasked with, hey, cover this side because Rashawn Gary's leaving, that side got vacated. And every time there was a big play up the middle, Rashawn Gary is, is crashing down. It was Everybody else has given up big plays. I didn't see Rashawn Gary give up any. Ty Summers getting tons of praise. He gave up big plays. He got steamrolled by a quarterback on a critical third down play. He and three other guys just could not tackle a quarterback. He just steamrolled a bunch of guys. Bunch of people missed tackles. I didn't see Rashawn miss anything. And again, maybe I missed it. Maybe he did miss a tackle. Maybe whatever. Across the board, the defense was lacking polish. But across the board, I loved the energy. I loved the speed of this defense. I mean, it was just, boom, somebody's there. Now they got to clean up the tackling, right? It doesn't do any good if you're there and you don't tackle. But that's, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to get cleaned up. Maybe this will be a problem all season. But if it does... I love it. I love the energy. I love the competition. It just feels different this year. Um, usually you're seeing a bunch of discombobulated people that look like they don't want to be there, don't know what they're doing. It's embarrassing. This is just a bunch of guys who are playing real hard. Real hard, real fast. I'm speaking primarily of the defense here, but overall I just I loved it. And I wished that, you know, guys like Zadarius were out there just to get that other aspect. And again, I'm I'm not declaring that Rashawn is going to be elite. I'm, I'm just saying I liked what I saw. I, I didn't see anything other than what have been hearing all preseason. Right? He's really fast. Um, he's really powerful. That whole speed to power thing is fantastic. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get to the quarterback, especially in today's NFL, uh, which is why there's so much interior or emphasis on interior pressure because the ball's coming out so quick. You want to be able to be as close to the quarterback as you can and, and being lined up at nose, for example, you're closer to the quarterback than an outside guy. He's got a lot of ground to cover, and he covers it really fast, but, you know, the ball's out. What do you want to do? I don't know, man. I, I agree to disagree on that. I, I was happy. I thought he looked better than what I saw in college. Um, I thought he looked faster than what I saw in college. I mean, he, he legitimately looks leaner. I don't know if it's just the, the outfits or what, but he looks like, I mean, I, I keep looking for what I feel like I saw in college, which is this meatball-looking guy smaller, you know, he kind of looks short and stout, almost like a little bit of a leaner Mike Daniels. And now he just, he looks super leaned out. I don't know if he actually lost weight or, or what the situation is, but every time I look for him, I'm like, that's not Rashawn. That's like this tall, lanky looking guy. Could be because he's standing up a lot more too. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's just, again, agree to disagree. I was happy with it. Uh, Ty Summers falls backward every time he tackles, not a fan. I, again, some lacking polish, but he, he definitely didn't do it every time. It, it, the first thing I saw after I saw this comment, I went on Twitter and there's a highlight of him, you know, filling a gap up the hole and just knocks the running back straight backwards. So it didn't happen every time. Might have happened a few times again. Missing a tackle on a quarterback on a third down is pathetic and embarrassing and not a good situation. But he was very fast. He was very physical. It wasn't perfect, but for a seventh-round prospect to come in, to wear the helmet, to give the calls, to make plays, and to be in position on almost every single play to fly around as much as he did, I was impressed. So I was happy with Ty Summers as well. Again, not perfect, not clean. I don't think anything really was, but he was another one on the list of that was better than I expected.
Billy says, who has knowledge of places to get Packer merch at a good price? Well, let me tell you about it, man. Goodwill. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I got some shirts and stuff if you want to check out the link. Otherwise, my, my, my real answer would be Goodwill. Actually, pretty much everywhere. It's pretty stunned to see how cheap uh, Packer stuff is, even like eBay and whatnot. I mean, if you buy it new, it's expensive. But you jump on eBay and stuff's dirt cheap. It's crazy. I'm always thinking like, dude, a Packers jersey is going to be so much money. It's not. Uh, Joshua says, after all that bull in camp, the wind feels so good. Definitely does. I mean, it's just, it's the fact of, and competent maybe is a little bit much. You know, we're, we're talking about a lot of backups. We're talking about preseason, talking about practice. But at the end of the day, the Packers were at least competent to the level that the Texans were, which was not the case in, um, in training camp. The Texans were just miles ahead, and I was not looking forward to watching the Packers get embarrassed on television. And they weren't. They won. Defense looked solid, came up with some big plays. I mean, again, it doesn't really matter, and we can play the whole dumb game of, well, you know, if Deshaun Watson was out there, yeah, well, if Aaron Rodgers was out there, that's not the point, man. The, the, the Packers and the Texans were equally as competent, and that's a big step considering that wasn't the case for two days. So they, they did a really good job of changing some stuff up. Kona says, Brett Hundley just threw a nice long touchdown pass. Apparently we got Brett Hundley watchers out there. <laughs> are, we, are we clamoring for him to come back now? It's pretty humorous when they started talking about that being a competition because clearly that is not. I, and I'll be honest, there's a, I shouldn't even say it, but there's a tiny bit of me that kind of says I wish Brett Hundley was back. Not really because he's not a good quarterback, but I just, I don't know, I might like him a little bit more than Kaiser. Shouldn't even said it because it doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant to the point where I should probably just favor the guy that's wearing the Packers helmet. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, again, we, we need to get somebody else, and I do like the recommendation of, of keeping an eye on some quarterbacks that have, and, and the, uh, at least in the case of Beathard, you're getting a guy that's been around for some time. I mean, he was a third-round pick in 2017, so that, I, I don't think he's going to get cut. If he does, though, yeah, man, you, I really hope we pick him up. I mean, I don't know if you know something, but that would be nice. Jonathan says, I was really expecting to hear more from Gary and Savage. Pretty disappointed they didn't stand out at all. Um, again, from, from a stats standpoint, they definitely didn't. I was kind of also hoping to see, especially for Savage, just because I can watch Gary. And the thing is, I'm watching Gary, and I liked what I saw. He just didn't put anything up on the stat sheet, right? So if you're just watching the football, watching the play, and then you don't hear Gary's name, you don't see Gary get a sack, it's disappointing. For Savage, I can't see him because he's off the screen. I, I didn't see him, but similarly, I don't know that he played poorly. Um, again, we'll have a little bit more insight on that when PFF gets a hold of the film and gets to watch him on a snap-by-snap basis. But I, I just... As much as I wanted it to happen, we got to give the guy time. And that's true of Gary, too. We, we have to be able to give them time. Even if you didn't like their play, that's fine. But to call him out as a bust already because of one preseason game, really, really need to calm down if that's the case. And I'm not saying Jonathan's doing that at all. I'm just saying in general, if that's kind of where your head's at, got to give him time. I mean, Savage didn't even play for the first, I mean, I don't even know what, five, six, seven, eight preseason um, or training camp sessions. And then he comes out and he was limited. Um, and I, I mean, I haven't even heard anything or heard his name once in training camp, I don't think, as far as doing anything positively or negatively. So, um, I mean, the, the big thing for him is going to be the mental part. He's got to learn this whole defensive system and learn his role and learn where to be and when to be. Um, and that's going to take some time. The athleticism is there. It's just sitting there. That needs to be developed as well. But, you know, just 
just got to give him time. I don't know what else to say. Josh came back hitting on our quarterback. I don't know why he felt that was appropriate. But he says, and I quote, Yo, Boyle, let me get them digits. You look good, boy. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to glean too much from such a limited sample size. But here's his stat line. Three completions on five attempts, 40 yards, uh, eight yards per attempt, two touchdowns, which is insane because, again, he completed three passes, uh, zero interceptions, uh, 27 yards was his longest, 125 was his passer rating. That's fantastic. Deshaun Kaiser, by the way, uh, 8 of 13, which is 61.5%, which isn't bad at all. 102 yards, 7.8 yards per attempt, very similar to Tim Boyle. One touchdown, no interceptions, uh, 111.7 passer rating. So I think with Kaiser, it was very similar to what I've been saying. He shows flashes of being awesome. That touchdown pass that he had was great. He's breaking the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. You know, pass was a little bit high, but it was still a good enough pass to get caught by Shepard. Looked really nice, but you look at how he started off, it was just ugly. Passes were erratic, you know, not hitting the check down that was right in front of him that possibly could have been a first down. He's like, no, nah, I'm just going to run. It's like, dude, Vitaly's sitting right there. You're literally running at him. Give him the ball. But, you know, he redeemed himself, so you can't be too upset about it. And, and, you know, I've been saying maybe Deshaun Kaiser can be a good quarterback. Maybe I shouldn't give up on him quite yet. Why can't we give him some time? He didn't look great in training camp. Fine, whatever. He didn't look great the first half of, of the first half, but he kind of came back. Maybe he's going to kind of get this whole thing figured out, and I don't know. Probably not, but I don't know. <laughs> Billy says, breaking news, Jamon can't catch for poop emoji. Bobbles then catches a touchdown after dropping three balls and will get treated as a hero. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the consensus was on that touchdown. Um, as far as I can tell, it's pretty pretty much well established that he's not going to be on the team. Again, don't feel great about that, but it definitely needs to happen. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to get Shepard on the team, and I'm, I'm struggling with that. Jay, I can't even deal with Jamon right now. Like, I'm trying to force him into this roster, and I can't find a spot for him. And Jamon's like, hey, what about me? It's like, dude, get out of here. What are you doing? Go away. I mean, I'm sorry, but stop. I'm very busy right now. Dustin says, I'm seeing that get off by Gary and why we wanted him so bad. I'm really excited to see him continue to grow. I, In my opinion, that's sort of the perfect take on it. I'm seeing the tools. I'm excited to watch him grow. I think that's the right thing to say. I'm you know, not going to say he was a dominant that would be silly anyways. It's a preseason game against a garbage offensive line who probably aren't even the starters. So it's not even like their best garbage. It's it's the it's the garbage that's been rotting underneath the garbage on top. The real smelly garbage, you know. It's it's, it's gross. There's like maggots in it and stuff. It's, it's bad. Steve says they should cut Jacob Moore as soon as the game ends. Terrible hands. I looked at the keyboard. It's funny because Jamon, although there isn't an A there either, so there's there's several issues but the K is very close to the M, and the, the B is close to the N. But I'm going to give you that one and just call it very funny, possibly autocorrect. I don't know. But I, I to be honest, I was kind of thinking that. I don't know if, if Jamon Moore makes it through the week. Um, you know, they've got a lot of things to do. Now, we've got an open spot, but, you know, this is a process of continually trying to bring in players that can help and, and bring in competition, um, and he just he doesn't bring anything. And... Um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the Packers don't want to give up on him. Maybe they're really high on his whole route running and all that kind of stuff because he does have all that. I don't know where the Packers are at. In my opinion, if I'm the GM, I'm saying this just this isn't getting corrected, and we need to make a decision now. 
And I think that, in my opinion, I think they will. I would be surprised if he's on the team uh, by this time next week, is my thought on that. I don't think he'll be playing in the next preseason game. If he does, though, it's a good sign for him because, the, you know, and, and we know this, most NFL teams, definitely the Packers, if, if they've made a decision, it's over. And so they're obviously going to have a conversation about it, but if, if by the end of the day they don't make a decision, it's, it's at least good news. We'll have to see, though. Uh, Bill says, if Jamon Moore is trying to get cut, he's doing a great job so far. Yeah, definitely. So, anyways, let's take a uh, let's take a quick break and come back and you know just kind of wrap this thing up, look at a few stats and uh, a few extra thoughts, and uh, we'll be done. And again, hopefully, have some more insights and things starting tomorrow. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So, U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So general thoughts on the quarterbacks, not a whole lot, right? Tim Boyle and Manny Wilkins didn't get very many attempts. Eight total attempts between the two of them. Manny Wilkins was 0 for 3. Tim Boyle obviously did the absolute best he could do with his five attempts. I'm still going to stick with my opinion that this isn't good enough. We'll see what happens, um, but I, I just I don't think Tim Boyle, I don't think Deshaun Kaiser are going to be. And again, what we're really looking for here isn't the heir apparent. The question is, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, who's going to come in and be able to keep this thing afloat? Now, there aren't too many quarterbacks that can come in and, and win in the NFL. If they were, they'd be starting quarterbacks. We, I mean, we have starting quarterbacks that aren't good enough to win in the NFL, but at least keep this thing from completely derailing. Right, if he if he goes out for a half, can you just if if we've got a lead, can you keep the lead? I mean, assuming we're going to be leaning on the run game and leaning on the defense, can you just complete a couple passes and maybe convert a couple first downs and not make some crazy mistakes? And and if he's out for a game, is there any chance? Let's say it's a, a team with a losing record, can you come out and beat this team? If the answer is no, it's not good enough. And and Deshaun Kaiser just doesn't seem to be good enough at this point. And and similar to Jaymon, it's kind of like you know, at what point do we say? It's just not going to happen. So we'll, we'll give Tim Boyle and Deshaun Kaiser a reprieve because it wasn't terrible, especially for Tim Boyle. Again, hard to find anything negative on uh, 3 of 5 for uh, 40. Nope, where's the number? Yep, 40 yards and 125 passer rating, two touchdowns. As for the running backs, I again, I liked it, but it needs to be a little cleaner. This is true with the, you know, for example, uh, Matt LaFleur made the comment about Dexter Williams. He needs to... What was the term? Press the pocket? No, that's not it. Press the line. He needs to basically get closer to the line of scrimmage, I believe, is, is what the comment was. So it's all technical stuff, right? You're out here. You need to be up here. Beyond that, between Dexter and Trey, I felt like I, I liked the, the speed and the initial burst. One of the biggest problems I had was the complete inability to break tackles. There were several times Dexter is just blowing through what looks like it's going to be a big hole. And when you see that speed and you see daylight, it's like, man, this is going to be a big play. And the first guy brings him down. When you think about that in the context of Aaron Jones, who's not necessarily a a, a bruiser, it's kind of like, who's going to be the guy that brings the muscle? Aaron Jones is slippery enough to slip through some tackles. But if you need to pick up a couple tough yards, I I, I I don't want Dexter or Trey Carson. Aaron Jones, just because of raw ability, maybe. Jamal's kind of the guy. And even at that, I, I don't think he's even like an Eddie Lacy type or, or, you know, he's not super jacked, but he's, he, you know, he's so strong enough. And Danny Vitale even, right? We're, we're, he's not Aaron Ripkowski. He's not John Kuhn. 
He's a smaller, I mean, he's he's super jacked. There's no question he's weight room strong. I don't know if he's like raw power, smash mouth up the middle type strong. He's, he's not even quite 240, I don't think. That's hard to, you know, I, I know you can bench a lot, but a 240-pound person trying to smash into a 300-pound lineman and get push? I don't know. So we got to clean up the operation a little bit. That's going to take some time. A lot of that falls on the offensive line as well. Concerned a little bit about the ability to to uh, break tackles, but you know if if we can get some guys, these guys, some holes, and even even Dexter, it's it's one of those things where if there's a little bit of daylight and then he falls forward, there was one play that sticks out in my mind. I, I don't know. I can't give you a timestamp or anything, but he hit the hole so fast and so hard that he picked up five yards instantly, hit the linebacker, fell backwards. So it was like a six seven yard pickup just because he was super fast. And by the way, 4.4 yards per attempt is not terrible, especially when you factor in a lot of just the not great runs by Dexter, not great blocking by the offensive line. 4.4 yards overall really speaks to, um, I don't know, upside. The other thing that was really exciting is when you see that speed, the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, he's struggling behind the offensive line. Let's get him in space. When they threw him that pass and he had space, it was super exciting. And he did a great job, right? He just the, he kicked it into to high gear and just took off, right? He had one reception, 18 yards. So it, I think that could be a, a really solid weapon. I, I don't know how good of a receiver he's going to be, but I was pleasantly surprised with the amount of speed. And, and similar to Rashawn Gary, uh, Dexter was a guy where I watched him in college, and it was like, eh, I don't know, I don't see a whole lot here. And then he gets into the pros, and it's like, where did this speed come from? So it, it's really weird to see guys seemingly do better in the pros because I just assume you're going to be worse than in college. Or maybe it's the other way around where you are fast in college, but I'm thinking, okay, it's college. When you get to the pros, you're not going to look like that. I'm not sure what it is, but I did not expect to see that much speed from Dexter Williams. It was it was pleasantly surprising to see that and, and definitely makes sense when you hear all the positive notes about Dexter being fast and explosive and all that stuff in training camp. And I'm thinking, eh, I doubt it. No, I was wrong. They were right. He's pretty quick. And Trey as well. Again, Trey Trey is... And I think Trey, the, the problem with him is even more so than Dexter, where he had zero ability to break any tackles. But definitely very quick. And I think that's what the Packers are looking for, right? Just getting that, that quick burst, you know, when, when they say put your foot in the go- ground, you know, one step and go. That's kind of what it is, right? Bide your time, find the hole, and just fly through it. And I think Dexter and Trey Carsons both showed that ability. Receivers... Um, you know, it's it's really just a story of, of a couple different people here. Jay Kumaro, I, I don't know what to say, man. And it, here's the thing. For me, it, it's at this point, has gone beyond, well, he, he produces in the preseason, but he didn't in the regular season. And also, he's getting older. It just doesn't even matter to me anymore. It, it's so, he's so technically proficient. You listen to Aaron Rodgers and the specific praise about being in the right place at the right time. You listen to him talk about late hands and just real technical stuff that some guys just can never understand contrasting that with Jamon Moore who can't even get basic stuff like catching down or catching away from your body we're talking about like you know Jamon struggling with 101 Kumaro's already in like the the AP level stuff he's way way out there you know he's catching contested balls and just you know there's just too much to work with to let him go in my opinion it's not impossible that they let him go but I just don't think they can possibly do it. And if the Packers do, he gets picked up in a second by another team. So there's just too much to work with, and he's too reliable. Even if his upside isn't quite as high as some people might think, kind of similar to what it is with Geronimo Allison, he's super reliable. If you've got a third down to pick up, 
put Geronimo Allison and Jay Kumaro out there on a, on a third and six, I'm feeling pretty good about that because these guys are just unbelievably reliable. Those two and then Devontae, Aaron Rodgers is just going to having a hard time being appropriate, but he's going to be really excited about that play. Um, again, Darius Shepard and Alan Lazard both had really great plays, touchdown plays. Uh, Darius Shepard, 14-yard reception for a touchdown. Alan Lazard, 27-yard touchdown. Um, Tanyan was in there for a big reception, 23 yards. Evan Bayless had a 12-yard catch. Uh, again, Dexter had one. And then Trey Carson and Danny Vitale all had one. It's, it's kind of interesting. They distributed the ball really, really well. Jay Kumaro and Jamon Moore are the only two that had multiple receptions. Jamon could have walked away from that game with with five receptions and a touchdown. I mean, he, he and that 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 adds insult to injury because he could have been the star of that game. He could have been. I mean, he could have been by a lot of people's standards a lock to make the fifty three at this point if he just catches three of those balls. If he walks away from this game with with five receptions and a touchdown, and the next best player is Jay Kumaro with two receptions, twenty seven yards and a touchdown. I mean, Jamon's just. Uh, stinks it definitely stinks um another guy that was re- really solid was jk scott guy had five punts 45.6 average uh, his longest was 56 yards i believe he had two punts over 50 yards and two punts inside the 20 and that that first touchdown from the packers was almost entirely from jk scott because it was so much hang. well not entirely it was also somebody playing the ball horribly but there was so much hang time, it, it allowed EQ to get down the field. And uh, by the time it hit the ground and bounced off the guy, EQ was right there to grab the ball. So J.K. Scott, fantastic day for him. Defensively, uh, you know, Ty Summers was the guy. He was everywhere. Ten combined uh, tackles. The next highest was six. Uh, the the, the sixth, though, and this is interesting, the, all the next highest were all DBs. Uh, Ento, Sullivan, Jamerson, Redmond. Ento actually looked really solid. KBN Ento. I was pleasantly surprised. It was it was kind of, you know, you heard his name on the play, but just every time I saw him, it almost reminded me of like the first time I saw Tony Brown to where it's like, nobody's really talking about him, but every time I see this Brown dude, it's a really solid play. And there was one time where there was a reception on him and it, I, you know, I always say that I don't care if it was tight coverage because whatever, that does not apply to this play. His hand literally batted the ball. The receiver moves his hand inward, grabs it with his right hand, and tucks it to the right side of his body so that he can't swat the ball away. It was the most beautiful play by a wide receiver I've seen in my life, which is not true, but I'm just going to say it because it makes Ento seems better. But he just looked, I mean, he was physical. He was always in the guy's chest. He was always breaking up passes. I thought he looked phenomenal. Uh, Chandon Sullivan had a good game. Uh, I mean, a lot of big plays. Guys were just in there. Jamerson with five tackles. Will Redmond with four. Reggie Gilbert got his sack. Obviously, he's got to get one. Raven Green, I thought, looked really good. He only had three tackles, but he was just kind of everywhere. And it's one of those things where when you're a safety and you're the one constantly making tackles and constantly being in the play and, and making plays, really excited about him. I haven't been the biggest Raven Green fan. Not that I dislike him, just I feel like some people get a little too carried away. But he definitely had a good game. Uh, Kadar, there's been a lot of talk about Kadar having a real good game or a real good training camp. He looked really solid. The the coverage looked pretty good. Obviously, he had the one pick. Randy Ramsey, you know, it, again, it was an unblocked thing, but as the announcer said, those are sometimes not the easiest to to convert. And he managed to smoke the guy. I mean, again, just going through this, it's just it just looked good. I loved what the DBs were able to do. And granted, these are not top tier wide receivers, but so what, man? The the point is when you're asked when you need to go out and and, and play well. 
and you do it, I'm going to give you credit for it. It doesn't make any sense to do a good job and say, well, the guy that he was going up against was garbage. Well, so what? I mean, what would you say if it was Jair? Would you say Jair's garbage because the guy he was guarding was? No, of course not. He just he was told to do a good job, and he did a good job. Again, I'm not scolding anyone in particular. I'm just saying as a general rule, and maybe don't get overly hyped because it probably doesn't necessarily translate to regular season against guys like DeAndre Hopkins. But it's okay to get a little excited and say, you know what, you stepped up and that's a good thing, right? You guys are competing, you guys are playing fast, you're playing physical. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But it's about doing it consistently. And hopefully, when it comes down to it, the Packers have to make horrible cuts that you don't want them to make. As weird as that sounds, you want to have so many guys doing such a good job that you just feel like we're going to cut people that need to be on a team, but I don't have a choice right now, right? Like Shepard, I want him on this team badly. We're just going to have to put him on the practice squad and hope that he doesn't get taken. You know, Ento, he's pretty talented. Don't have a spot for him. I'm not saying this definitively, just as a general rule, right? It's what what You don't want the other end of it where it's like, well, we got 53 and three of these guys don't belong on a roster, but, you know, got to do something here. Um, again, the, the one thing that I was really not happy with was the defensive line. If I had to highlight something, I thought Montrevious did not do a very good job. Um, he was he was double teamed a lot. Maybe it's because he was the only one that was you know starter caliber. So the the offensive coordinators or whatever were like let's d- go double that guy in the bottom line is he just couldn't handle it. And I feel like when they tried to go up the middle they were able to. Um, it was hard to see who was who and exactly who to highlight as as the guy or guys that were not having uh, you know a good time. And maybe there were a few that looked really good. Again, I was primarily just staring at Rashawn Gary, so I don't know. But I, I just know that. There wasn't a lot of pressure coming up the middle, and again, when when the quarterback or the running backs tried to go up the middle, they were usually successful, and it was very frustrating to see. Um, you know, when when running backs are coming clean and hitting linebackers, you know, and maybe that has something to do with Ty getting going flying backwards because these running backs are getting a full start and nobody even touches them. You know, part of the point of having these big defensive linemen is they kind of keep your linebackers clean so that they can kind of flow to the running back and and make a tackle. The guys shouldn't be just flying into our linebackers because none of our defensive linemen even touched them or even provide, you know, just he had a huge lane to run through. That should never happen. So, again, I'm not really highlighting anyone in particular. I, I know Montrevious, the few times I got to watch him, I wasn't happy. But otherwise, overall, I, I'd be surprised if there was anyone that really stepped up. I think it was Lancaster that had an opportunity to get a real big tackle in the backfield on the quarterback, and he didn't. Just stuff like that. It just it's like, come on, guys. But uh, again, otherwise, I, I really was happy. Uh, again, defense more than anything across the board, pretty satisfied with what they did. No idea about the offensive line. I wasn't really watching them. Running backs, a lot of tools, got some work to do. Quarterbacks, it's it's the Aaron Rodgers show, obviously. But, um, you know, at least two of these guys have something to build on and hopefully can can earn their way to staying on this roster. Wide receivers, you know, again, uh, Kumaro, I think, is, is doing what he did last year, and I think it's going to be a good enough to, to, to keep him. And if he's healthy, I mean, he could, I don't know, I'm not going to take it that far, but let's just say he could get some significant playing time, which is the other thing, and I, I probably should just end it right here, but just real quick, if it's true, and I don't know that it is, and maybe I've said this already, but whatever, if it's true that we're going to be doing more two-wide receiver, it's also possible that the days of, you know, six, seven receivers on the roster are, are done meaning there might even be less than we're accustomed to. We may be as low as five receivers, which is tough. Devontae, MVS, and Geronimo are locks. That leaves two spots. 
And in my mind, it's it's Equinemius and Kumaro. Maybe you're okay with that, but it's like, man, that's, I don't know. But I, I don't know if that's the case either, because I, again, I, I know that generally in this scheme, if you look at the 49ers, it's more two wide as opposed to three wide. But again, look at the Rams, they do a lot of three wide. So I think it's really just dependent on what wide receivers you have. And, um, you know, if the Packers really like some of the guys we got, maybe we'll keep a few more and do a little bit more three wide receiver set type stuff. Especially when our tight ends, I don't think, are all that super fantastic. So maybe you kind of lean that way as opposed to the, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what it is. It's it's an interesting dynamic. And it's it's going to be interesting, too, to see because we're, you know, when we're doing 53-man rosters, we're probably building it based on what we understand of what Mike McCarthy liked to do. And so we got to kind of learn the tendencies a little more of, Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur as opposed to Ted Thompson and, and Mike McCarthy. But anyways, good game, good day, super excited. I'm, I'm excited to kind of scrounge around a little bit. Um, I don't typically stay up very late, so I had no interest in staying up and, and hearing what anyone had to say. But uh, listening to some interviews, digging into a little bit more stats, looking at what PFF had to say, um, I'll have a lot more information tomorrow. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. 